Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Man, I love you guys are in the house. How you guys doing? And you guys ready to hear from God's word and attack the margin monster in our lives? Man, I'm excited to see what God's going to do today. Man, financial peace, financial freedom. Man, for some of us, like that's like a distant dream. Like, can that actually happen? I believe God is beginning to do something in the life of so many people in our church and just inspiring us on to more. I want to encourage you, if you're new with us, yes, we're talking about money, but we want something for you and not from you. I just want to encourage you what God has for you. We're going to follow God's principles with our money. I believe some of you guys have just gotten a little weird. Some of you guys have kept some credit cards. Anybody kept some credit cards yet? I mean, that ballsy, so I'm going to cut this a little bit. There you go. Cut up. Give it up for those coming with some credit cards. Visitors are like, what are we cutting up credit cards for? This is crazy. Crazy up in here. Many of you guys are getting a little weird because we know it's weird when you're not broke in America, right? Like, you got some money and some savings. You've got your emergency fund. You've got things figured out. And so some of you guys have been selling stuff, downsizing. Dave Ramsey says your children think they're next. You know what I'm talking about. You've just been getting rid of stuff like crazy. You just take my children and just go. But we're getting a little weird. And uh, we've been going through different principles that are just really from God's uh, scripture that really help us find the freedom we're looking for. There's a freedom in surrendering to God and follow his plan. And a couple weeks ago, we dove, dove in this series called Margin and started out with a, a principle. A debt-free life is a life that trusts God. God completely. That we're going to be content in all things. It's not about what we have, but we're content in whatever God has given us. And last week we talked about debt-free life is a life that saves money consistently. We're not going to spend everything we make. We're going to save some money back for the harvest and the famine. And today I'm excited to jump in a very new principle we're going to dive in today. A debt-free life stewards God's money. Steward God's money. What's that even mean? Like you're supposed to steward somebody's money. Imagine this. How successful would a business be if they brought in $2 million a year, but the bookkeeper never made a budget? I mean, how successful would you be with $2 million if you never looked at your finances? How successful would that company ever be in life? And the reason I say this is because the problem is that most of us, uh, as American families, will bring in over $2 million through our fingertips in a lifetime of work. So you're going to have $2 million. Isn't that crazy to think like you have $2 million flow through your fingertips? Who knows that money is like fluid? It just moves. So it flows. That's why I call it currency, right? It's just a current, like, and then see you later, like, it's gone. Like, $2 million, like, I don't Where'd the money go, right? Uh, Dave Ramsey talked about stewardship this way. He, he says, imagine you work for, for you incorporated. And if you manage money for you incorporated like you manage money for yourself, would you fire yourself? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Check. <laughs> like, what's this manage money thing? A budget. I mean, I've lost you, man. Would you, would, would you fire yourself? Now, think about this. Everything you have in life uh, is, is owned by somebody else. Like all the cash in your bank account, I know you think it's yours, but somebody else owns that. Like your whole portfolio, all your investments, like even stuff racked up on the Visa card is owned by somebody else. We're managing other people's money. We're managing somebody else's money. Matter of fact, you do work for you, Incorporated. You do work for you, Incorporated, because everything is owned by somebody else. Does anybody know who the boss is? Let me take a guess. Who is the owner of everything? Let me take a guess this morning. Um, nobody said Paul. I like that. You guys all said God. You guys are so smart. You guys are Man, blue star for the day. I love it. God is the owner of everything. Psalms 24 1 says this The earth is the Lord's and everything. Somebody say everything. everything. Everything in it, the world and all who live in it. You know, that means your paycheck is from God. Like, when's the last time I said, Man, thank God for this paycheck? Your favorite uh, vacation spot, man, the south shore of Hawaii on the big island where the Pacific Ocean crashes into a lava volcano. Man, God owns that. God owns every uh, ounce of gold, every ounce of silver, every carat of diamond. He owns every little creature that freaks you out on earth, all the little bugs, you know. He he owns all the drops of rain, all the grains of sand. He owns it all. He owns everything. Matter of fact, it says in Psalm 50.10, it says, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Hey, guess what? He owns the hills too. Isn't that crazy? God owns everything. Say it with me. God owns everything. 
God owns everything. You got it. Hey, turn to three people and say, God owns everything. Turn to three people. Go ahead. You can do it. God owns it all. There's not a thing that you see or experience that God does not own. Isn't it crazy how we treat things based upon who owns it? I don't know about you, my favorite vacation, and uh, it was when I was 10 years old, and it was actually the only vacation I went with my dad every, anywhere. Like, we always went, like, we have a lake house and up here, and that's all we did. But we went on vacation, went down to Branson. Come on, somebody. And I was 10 years old. That was, like, the best vacation of my life because we went to every go-kart track in Branson and got kicked out. Come on, somebody. I'm like, we don't own these go-karts. Don't put a 10-year-old boy, a last name preacher, in this go-kart. We're going to destroy something. Maybe I can wreck it and just leave. Like, this is awesome. So me and my brother and my dad, his buddy, his kid, we all went to Branson. And I, I, we went every go-kart track, just one after I just getting kicked out. I mean, just smashing this stuff. We were terrible children. I don't know, I don't know why they let us do this. My dad, probably, he'd probably never go back. He's blacklisted from Branson. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, me and my brother, we went in one track, and it was so awesome. We were like, both in the front, and you know, lights come down. My brother, he just peels out and just turns like a right turn. Like a U-turn to the right. He's gone. I'm like what is he doing? Like, he's going head on. Like, the very first thing, I'm like, dude, my brother's smart. Like, I know you're not dumb. Like, you're doing this on purpose. And so we came around, the whole lot of us, and of course, just crashed. And I mean, we didn't make it one lap. We got kicked out of that go-kart track. Come on. I mean, it's like, my dad's buddy, he'd buy, like, the, the double car, you know, like, the two people, but he'd just go by himself so he'd be faster and, and play with us and hit each other. And I man, that was just fun. Who, who knows? 10 years old, that's the best vacation you could ever have, right? Like, I mean, the only thing me and my dad ever did, he probably never could go back to Branson, so we never traveled again. But that's just how, it's like a rental car, right? Like, you don't really own it. I mean, who knows you're going to try to peg that thing out the moment you get on the street. Just far enough away from the shop they can't hear it, you're going to power slide in that parking spot like Ace Ventura, like a glove. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, just rolling in, boom, crash. You don't own that. Like, just here's the keys back. I'm not going to buy a rental car from somebody. Like, you guys are crazy. I know what you guys are doing. 8,000 RPM, see if the engine's going to blow apart. Man, who knows that we treat things differently when it's owned by somebody else? Who knows that ownership determines stewardship? Like, whoever owns it determines how you're going to manage it. Like, ownership always is going to determine your stewardship. Who, who knows this? Like, is this God's money or is this my money? Because who knows that's going to determine how I'm going to use my money. I want you to see a verse, and this is so powerful. It's in Matthew 6, 24. It says, no one can serve two, say it with me, two masters. No one can serve two masters. I mean, you're, going to, you're either going to be one way or another. You can't serve both. Either you're going to hate one and love the other, or you're going to be devoted to one and despise the other, but you can't serve both God and money. I love this passage because there's a dichotomy. There's, there's two separate places you can do it. It's not both and. It's, a, it's just either God or money. You're either going to serve God and he's going to be your master and you're going to serve him or you're going to serve money and you're going to be mastered by it. It's either God owns your money or your money owns you. There's not two options. You can't be like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve God and I'm going to serve money. No, 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 no. It's very clear. Like you're either going to follow God or you're going to follow money. Money's going to master you or God is going to be your master. You can't serve two. You're going to love God and hate money. You're going to be devoted to money and you're going to despise God, but you can't serve both. It kind of looks like this. Like if it's my money, then, then I earned it. Now I worked hard for it. I built this from the ground up. I deserve this and I can do what I want with it. For most of us, that's how we see our stuff, right? Like this is mine. I can do whatever I want to do. But if it's God's, man, God gave me this money. God put me in charge to steward it. Like he wants me to manage it for his glory. He wants me to honor him with it. He wants me to bless others with it. I can just go to him and say, God, what want me to do with this because I just passing through. This isn't mine. You own it all because I know that I can't be in love with you, Jesus, in love with money. Who knows there's a direct line between your heart and your pocketbook? There's a direct line. God knows that. He knows like where your treasure is, your heart is also. And God doesn't really need your money. We're going to talk about that. He just wants your heart because God wants to use you. And he wants to bless you. And he wants to put you into the kingdom because he wants to make a way for us to bless people and see people's lives change. Who knows that ownership determines stewardship? 
Ownership determines your stewardship. Matter of fact, we're going to look at what some stewardship looks like. Uh, we're going to go back in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. It's the fifth book in the Bible. And uh, this book is written in the last 30 days of Moses' life. And he's writing this kind of like his, 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 his plea to the people of Israel saying, hey, follow God. Remember God's plan. Remember how we're supposed to steward what God has given us. And if you don't know the story, uh, God had taken the Israelites out of Egypt. He had set them free from slavery. He has been taking care of them day and night. He has manned during the day and fired during the night. He told them that their feet wouldn't swell and kept them from swelling. He protected them from the enemies and the battles. And he's trying to bring them to the promised land, but they're just, just not catching on, right? And so they're wandering around the wilderness for 40 years. And Moses is like, hey, don't forget some things. I need to remind you of what this stewardship really looks like in your life. And so I'm going to do a little illustration. This is going to be kind of fun. So I need two people who are good with the extension ladder. Two people good with the extension ladder. Who's my victims? I mean, volunteers. All right, one. I need a second one. Who's good with the extension ladder? Two. Two. Shane, you can help out. You good with the extension ladder? All right, let's do it. Come on up. Let's do it. Got two ladies in the house. Oh, and Harold. And three. Perfect. Come on up. We got three. I love it. Yeah, Harold's the man. So grab this extension ladder if you can. Bring it up here on stage. Be careful with that. It's a one-of-a-kind. <laughs> when you see it, you'll know it's a one-of-a-kind ladder. And you guys are so good. I mean, look at this. I love it. You just go and stand up here in the middle. Stand up. Yep, stand up vertically. You got it. Should I spot you? All right. You go ahead and turn it sideways. That way we don't kill people. There you go. I love it. Guess you're, guess you're looking good. Who, know, who knows the most important thing about a ladder is the foundation it stands on? Like an oak up here. Who's going to climb this? <laughs> Mike's going to climb this. Who knows? This is going to go right through the floor, right? This is like a rock. All right, we're going to build a house on this rock. I'm just kidding. We're not going to climb it. But yeah, you guys got that. You just keep doing your thing. I'm going to slide over here. Just, okay, give it up for these awesome volunteers. Come on. You guys are looking good. You fixed that. You fixed the leg. I'm impressed. You don't want to kill anybody. I like that. <laughs> If he does, that'd be amazing. All right, this is what stewardship looks like. In Deuteronomy 8, 10, it says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord, your God, for the good land he has given you. Who knows when you're successful at the top of the ladder, you should praise God for what he's done because you're not going to forget the person who blessed you down at the bottom, the source of your blessings. But Moses says this, be careful. Be careful. Do not, say it with me, do not forget. You don't forget. Say it again. Say it, forget. Don't forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, his decrees that I'm giving you today. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, go and lift it up one rung. When you eat and you're satisfied, you go up one rung. You guys got it. Just up one. And you guys are good at this ladder thing. I like this. He's amazing. A lot of people can't do that. I'm telling you what, man. But you know, when you eat and are satisfied, don't forget God when you're off the ramen noodles. Hey, don't forget God when you got more than $10 in your bank account and you're outside of college. You get past the, uh, the old rice and beans, right? The refried beans. You start, you start kind of buying whatever food you want. Don't forget God brought you there. Hey, don't forget God when you build fine houses and sell down. You're going up one more. Don't forget God when you buy that nice, isn't that the America, right? We move from the one-bedroom apartment and then we get into the nice new house. We get a rental, maybe buy a house and it's got five bedrooms, three baths. We got a little, little creek in the backyard, some trees. You know what I'm talking about. Then we settle down. We got 2.5 kids. We got a dog and no cats. Come on, somebody. We're his American dream. We have it. We're climbing the ladder of life. But don't forget God when your herds and flocks grow large. I mean, none of you guys probably have herds and flocks, but when your stuff gets big, you know what I'm talking about, when the garage is full and the, and, the, and the barn is full and the attic is full, don't forget God who gave you all this stuff. You can go up one more rung, by the way. We're getting, we're getting there. I love it. And then the silver and gold increases when your portfolio gets bigger, when your investments start happening, when you get that raise at your work, when you start making more money, you're like, I don't know what to do with money. I'm going to find a way to spend it as fast as possible. And all you have is multiplied. Can you go up anymore? 
All right, perfect. We should, we should have brought a bigger ladder because God's blessings are so big, right? So you got a 20-foot ladder instead of 16. It says this, then your heart will become proud and you'll forget. Somebody say forget. forget. Don't forget God when all this stuff happens because your stuff is so big that the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of land of slavery. Hey, don't forget the foundation you stand on. Hey, don't forget when you get to the top who brought you the blessings. Like, don't fall in love with the blessings and forget the blesser. Don't forget the source of your success. Man, it's so easy when you get to the top just to start reaching out to all the stuff that you can play with now. It's so easy to have all the fun and all the toys and all the equipment and all the, the extra rooms and the spaces and the, and the Etsy and, and the Amazon and the Netflix. and the, all, Right, we have all this stuff. But don't forget the source because like when you had $10 in your bank account, come on somebody, you had Jesus. <laughs> you had a lot of faith. Diane actually had one time in college, she had $8 in a bank account at Cedarville. She had $8 bank account. She had a million dollars of Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? She had faith everywhere. Hey, don't forget Jesus. You know, we had a one-bedroom apartment with three kids, and you're living on nothing but rice and beans and ramen. You didn't like, man, I got to have faith. But, man, it started building up. Like, look what I did. Like, don't forget God when you launch a church. Come on, somebody. With five people, and if things are beginning, and like, it's all Jesus. But don't forget God when it starts to grow. Don't forget God when you had a business venture and had no sales right? And all you had was Jesus. Or you start a new career path and you had no idea that was the right thing, but you all forgot. Or you walk in that new hallway, that new fresh school smell that first day and you're in college and all you had was student loans. Come on, somebody. And Jesus. But then one day we get to the top and we don't, we fail to look back and go, where'd the source come? Well, it came from God. Like our side of God's blessings, we forget he gave it, he put us in charge of this. Like we forget to look down at him. We forget that he put us in charge of all these things for a purpose. Like we forget the blesser. All of a sudden we can say, well, I did this. Man, I worked really hard for these grades. I got a 4-0. Look what I did. I got the gold medal. I got the state championship. That did happen this week at Ray Peck, by the way, for cross country. I got the state championship. You can give it up for them. They did it. Get some hard work there. But this is mine. Look what all I did. Like, I'll look at the promotion I got. I worked extra hours. You don't know how hard I work for this. Like, I built this company from the ground up. You can't tell me what to do with it. This is my money. This is my stuff. All of a sudden, we fall short and forget that, man, the source of the blessing is at the bottom of the ladder. God allowed us to do that. God gave us the ability to do this. And, and Moses, he, he tells them something very clear. He, he's going to share with them what their blessings, like the, the, the blesser did for them in their life. This is what Moses says to them in verse 14 of chapter 8, he says, Then the heart will become proud. You forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast, dry, uh, dreadful wilderness. I mean, the thirsty and waterless land. This is what Jesus has done for us. He take you through venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of a hard rock. Who knows you can't get water out of a hard rock, but Jesus gave you water from a hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors have never known to humble and test you so that in the end you might go well with you. And you might say to yourself, man, my power. It was my strength of my hands that produced this great wealth for me. But remember, somebody say remember. remember. Don't forget to remember the Lord your God, for it is he, it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. It is God that gave you the ability. Like whose back built your business? Who gave you that strength? Who gave you those muscles to carry those concrete bags? Or, the, or, the, or the, who gave you the back or the mind to, to put down the carpentry stuff? Like who gave you the talent to, to, to work around? Who gave you the intellect to think the way you think? Like, who brought that business person in your life that you had that deal with? Like, who brought that sale to your doorstep? Like, whose foundation are you stand on? Like, who knows a wise person builds their house on a rock? Not a stage. Because <laughs> you would fall through this stage. You don't build on the sand. But a wise person builds their house on a rock. I want you to see what the New Testament says about this in 1 Timothy 6. It says, for the love of money. Somebody say love. love. For the love of money. It's not money. 
but it's the love of money because we can't serve God and money. Because we we're, we're either going to be mastered by money and the money's going to own us. So if you serve money, it's really just mastering you. So it's the love of money is the root of all evils. Some people reaching for it have strayed from faith and stabbed themselves with many pains. Man, who knows this? That we could be on top of the ladder. How many people have fallen in success? Who knows success brings the greatest failure? Because you get to the top and all of a sudden you have self-sufficiency. Like you're up there like, man, look what I did. Like, I'm amazing. I built this house. And you're out there reaching like, oh, I just had this next little thing over here. If I could just get a taller ladder, right? Like, when, when did our paycheck stop being enough? Like, is 16 feet not good enough? Does it need to be 20 or 40? Like, at what, what point do you say, my ladder is not big enough? I need a bigger ladder. You know, it's so easy to pray for a meal and thank God for the food, but it's so hard to thank God for your paycheck. Like, thank you, Jesus, I have enough. Like, I have enough. This isn't my stuff. This isn't mine. Like, you've provided everything for me. Remember, God, you just got to look down and say, God, thank you so much for what you give me. You didn't give me this stuff so I can have it. You can give me this stuff because I can fall in love with the blessing. You want me to have this stuff so I can be used to make a way to bless others. You gave me this stuff because you're the source of blessings. You want something from my life. You want me to, to bless other people. You want to do something through me, Jesus. You want to use my life. And you guys can put the ladder down. You guys did a great job, by the way. Give it up for these guys. You stood there a long time. Nobody climbed it. Let's see if they can't break it. I like that. Look at the hair. Go, hair, roll, hair, roll. Hair. I love it. Nice work. You got your fingers, toes? Love it. Body's intact. We love you guys. You guys did a great job. Who knows this? Money is more spiritual than you think. Money is more spiritual than you think. Money is more spiritual than you think. Think about this. If, if money is mine... If it's my money, then I can do whatever I want with it. If it's my money, then I got to protect it from every one of you, right? If it's my money, then I can't share it with you because I got to control it. I got to put my hands around like this and hold on to it because my worth is found in my success because it's my money. So the more money I have, the more valuable I am. See, money's more spiritual than because if it's mine, I got to keep it away from everybody. I can't say, no, 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 this is mine. But if it's God's, then it's my job to honor him and to bless others through I'm going to say, God, what do you want me to do with this money? I can be open-handed and say, God, I want to be blessed by you. You want me to be a conduit to bless other people. Who knows it's more spiritual than you think? It's way more spiritual than you think. I want you to just think about this idea that Jesus wants to do in your life. I believe this can be just a kind of a, a wake-up for us, an aha moment. I believe some of you are going to go, wow, this is making way too much sense. This is what Jesus wants to do with you. Jesus wants to use you to make a way. Like Jesus wants to use you to further a kingdom. Jesus, Jesus is on a mission. See, Jesus is on a mission. And the Bible says in the beginning was God, and the word was God, and the word was with God. And Jesus was in the beginning. He's all eternal. He was there before the world was created. He was there before time. He spoke time into existence. The Bible says this, there's nothing created that wasn't created through him in Colossians. All things were created through him. Jesus was there in creation. He spoke the world into existence. He just divine theot. God spoke. God just said a word and it was there. He said light, boom, light. He said earth, earth. He, he said animals, animals. He just made it. He just spoke into existence. God owns everything. And the master, the owner is making a way. The owner himself is making a way. And he wants to use us to be part of that story. And I want you to check this out. It's in Luke chapter 5. And then we're going to check out the story of Jesus. And he's on the, the, the side of a, really the side of a lake. And he's getting pressed in because he's beginning his ministry. He's just getting started. He's about to launch his ministry. He had no disciples yet. He's on the side of the lake. He's getting pressed in. And so he, he looks out and goes, he says this. It says, Luke says about a story, Luke 5. It says, he saw at the water's edge two boats. One of his boats was owned by Simon Peter, who's a fisherman. And he, he left, they left the boats to wash the nets. And if you go on the story, they didn't catch any fish. So these guys had a long night of fishing. And there's just nets that need to be cleaned. 
And Jesus does something awesome. He says he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. Now you look at me like that's not crazy because Peter just janked the boat. Or Peter, Jesus janked the boat. Jesus went out and just stole a boat. Come on, somebody. Jesus is something a little semi-illegal, okay? Um, and if you're like, that's not too crazy, uh, man, just try that when we leave church today. <laughs> just gather this gathering, go in the parking lot, find that nicest car you can see, and just get on in. <laughs> see what's going to happen. Just, just go and sit. Don't pick, out, don't pick out a Kia, okay? Pick out something super nice. Get yourself super, super nice. Just get in there and sit there and just wait and see what happens. When that person comes out of church, they get to the car door, and they go, what are you doing in my car? I say, I need your keys. God wants me to use your car. And see what they do. Just give me your key. God told me, I know you're, you're a Christian, and I thought you'd just give me your car. Just try it today. I, I mean, <laughs> it's going to be fun, right? It's going to be fun. But this is what Jesus did. Jesus shows up and says, I just need a boat. Like, I need a way. Like, this is before Uber. Come on, somebody. Like, there, there's, no, there's no Instagram. There's no Facebook. He's like, I just need a way to, 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 to bring hope. Like, any way to get this message out. And so I said, hey, I, I, I need your boat. Matter of fact, I said, Peter, come here. Hey, give me a push. I'm in your boat. Just go and push me out on the shore. I love this. I mean, why, why did Jesus pick Peter? Let me think about this. Why, why did Jesus pick Peter? Because if I, I was Jesus, I would never pick Peter. Man, Peter is so impulsive. I mean, he shoots from the hip. He puts his foot in his mouth more than anybody in the Bible, right? He's like, I'll never forsake you, Jesus. Boom, forsakes him three times. Like, like Peter's one of those guys, he has all passion, but like, man, he just can't fall through. Like, he just couldn't get done. Who knows Peter was a little violent? <laughs> He's whipping out a sword and cutting people's ears off. That's his first solution for Jesus. <laughs> I mean, all the teachings, like, man, he had problems. Who knows Jesus a fisherman? He had, a, he had who, who, knows, who knows he had a little vulgar language? Who, who, who knows he wasn't educated? Like, who knows he, he was just an average guy? And Jesus goes up to this average guy and says, can I use your boat? Can I use your boat? Can I use your boat? You know, a lot of people think that, uh, that Jesus picked Peter because he's bold. Not me. I think Jesus picked Peter because he had a boat. Jesus picked Peter, has a boat. Come on, somebody. You know you have a friend with a boat. Come now. It's better not to own one. Just have a friend with a boat. But Jesus picked him because he had a boat. Matter of fact, I'm just telling you, it's true. He said, you could, I can use your boat. I've got to make a way. I've got to do something right now. You think about this. There, there's, a, there's a creative collaboration that's about to take place. Yes, yeah, because you got the Jesus, the owner and the master and, and the creator of the universe is going to borrow somebody's boat. I mean, who knows he didn't need the boat? I mean, just a few chapters later, he's walking on the water during this giant storm. He's like, what's wrong with you people? Like, I could defy the laws of buoyancy. Like, I just change those molecules as I'm just walking on this water because I made this water. Like, I don't really need the boat. Like, I don't, need, I don't need Peter's stuff. Like, who knows that Jesus' ministry would start out like launching a church. It'd be really cool if he like did the moonwalk on the water, you know what I'm talking about? The crowd would have got big. Like, what a way to, way to start. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus could have done anything. He could have done anything he wanted to, but he asked for a boat. He said, can I borrow your boat, Peter? I want your boat. I mean, I believe Jesus wants your boat. I believe, I believe he wants your boat. I believe he wants, he wants to use our weakness. He wants to use you. I believe God wants to, to use us to make a way because you know what? God, God wants a way to get this hope out and get this message out of freedom. And God wants to bless your life and God wants to show you something that he can use your stuff. He can use you. I know you don't think he can use you because you might ask the question, why would the person who can walk on water and the God of the universe want my boat? Like, why do I want my boat? My boat's, is, my boat's so old. My boat's dirty. Like, you know, stuff happened to this boat. You don't want my boat. It's used. It's a used boat. It's not good enough for you, God. My boat's broken. You don't want this boat. This, boat, this boat's not good enough for God. They gotta clean it up first. I gotta make it look a certain way. I believe the devil just tells us all this stuff, by the way. I believe Satan just telling us, you're just not good enough. 
It's not, it's, you don't have that much. You've just been too used, too dirty. It's broken. But God says, I just want your boat. Can I borrow your boat? Man, think about this, man. Jesus didn't want Peter's boat. Jesus wanted to bless Peter on his boat. Jesus wanted to bless Peter. Jesus wanted to do something in Peter's life that we don't know about. Matter of fact, Jesus didn't want Peter's boat. He didn't want to catch fish. Matter of fact, he wanted to just preach a sermon. He wanted Peter. He wanted Peter. But he started by asking him, can I borrow your boat? Can I have your boat? Look at this. It's so powerful. In Luke chapter 5, verse 3, says, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon Peter. By the way, there was two boats, and I believe if Peter would have said, no, can I borrow your boat? Peter said, no, I believe Jesus was gone to the next boat. Like, okay, can I borrow your boat? Like, he would have kind of moved on. But this way it says to Peter, he says, he says, the one belongs to Simon Peter. And he, he asked him to put out from the shore. Isn't that crazy? Here's Jesus, and he's sitting down with Peter and said, hey, you ready to do this thing? Like, can I, can I use your gift? Can I use your boat? Can I use your talent? The creator of the universe is asking us, can we use your boat? Can, can I just borrow this for a little bit? Because I'm about to do something, and there's going to be some people getting healed, and Peter didn't know that God was going to speak some deliverance, and God was going to see people's lives changed, set free from sin. He didn't know that was the beginning of his three-and-a-half-year ministry with Jesus before he's going to be crucified, and then, oh, on this rock, Peter, I'm going to build this church. He had no idea. He's like, sure, you can borrow my boat. I mean, can God borrow your boat? Can God borrow what you got? Can God use your gifts and your talents? Can God use your resources? Can God use your finances? I used to think growing up, like, we gave money to God because he needed it. Like, I'll go to church and we're going to keep the lights on and we're going to pay the salaries and we're going to do our thing because if we didn't give, this church wouldn't exist. No, 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 no. God doesn't need my gift. God wants to partner with me to bless my gifts. God wants to bless my, he's going to do something only God can do. I'm going to lay out a small boat. I'm going to let God use my boat, but God's going to bless it. God's going to do something crazy. I want you to see what God is about to do. Sometimes you get confused, like who owns the boat, right? Like who owns this boat? Like sometimes like, well, it's my boat, Jesus. Like who, who, who spoke these, these cedars into existence? These boats float on the water I made. Like, I, know, I don't need a depth finder. Who knows Jesus don't need a, need a fish tracker, right? Who knows you want Jesus on your boat when you're fishing? I guarantee you there's a catch. I guarantee you there's a catch. Matter of fact, the Bible says they fished all night, they didn't catch anything, but when Jesus got on the boat, there was a catch. He said, hey, hey, Paul, hey, hey, hey Peter, you want to come out on the boat? You want to go fishing with me? And this is what he says. I love this. I love this. Jesus wants on your boat. Verse four, he says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, hey, put out in the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, I love it, master, because God knows we can't serve him and money. So, okay, Jesus, I'm going to work all night and have a kind of thing, but because you say so, I'm going to let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled, help, help, help. Another boat came to help them. And they filled not just their boat, but both boats, and they began to sink. Who knows that God wants to use your life and your talents and your gift because he doesn't want to have it from you because he needs it. He wants to use it in your life to bless it and show you the miracle he can do through you. Who knows that there's something that God's going to do. Peter wasn't going to catch all these fish, but Jesus said, look, all these, I know this fish are at. Jesus like, cast it there. Boom, fish, you know? Like, that's a great thing, right? Like Peter thought, well, I, I, I just have a boat. But no, Jesus wants to show him what he can do through the boat. It says this, when Simon saw this, he fell at, his knees and, fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the son of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said this to Simon, this is so important, man, read this. 
read this. Jesus said to Simon, said, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. For now on, you're going to fish for people. I know you thought you were a fisherman and you're going to catch some fish today. I'm just going to borrow your boat. But I'm going to tell you something. Now you saw the miracle of God because you allowed me to bless what you had. You're going to realize I'm going to call you from this boat. Like this boat's not what you married to. You're not going to fall in love with your stuff. You'll fall in love with me and have a plan for your life. And it starts with your stuff because your stuff's connected right to your heart, Peter. So I'm going to start with your boat. And I love what it says in verse 11. So they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. Come on, somebody. When you meet Jesus and he just blesses your life and you said, man, you can have my stuff, have my boat. All of a sudden, God bless you. You're like, what was I thinking? Like I was going to sell out for a boat. Like how many guys were selling out for stuff? We're selling out for a bank. We're selling out for a promotion and the next job and all these blessings, but we forget the blesser. Like God wants to do something in your life. Like God wants to use you. God wants to use you. And the only response you see when God starts using your life and you start giving to him, you're like, whoa, God, I had it all wrong. You don't need me to give because you need my stuff. You want to give because you want to use me to make a way. You want to use me to make a way. Peter had no idea what God was going to do in his life because he gave him his boat. Because he gave him his boat. Who knows your heart's connected right to your money? So Peter, man, he gave up his career that day. He gave up his livelihood that day. He gave up his boat. Who knows it's hard to give up a boat? I know, I've got a boat. Who knows it's hard to say, I'm done with that. Who knows it's hard to be at the top and say, what am I doing up here? Wouldn't it be a shame to live your whole life and find out your ladder is leaning on the wrong wall? Wouldn't it be a shame to realize you just lived it for yourself and didn't let God bless it the way he wanted to bless it? Man, I tell you, money's more spiritual than you think. Money's way more spiritual than you think. It's way more spiritual. I mean, one of the things I want to happen in our church, I want God to bless our church. Like, I want Jesus to have our boat. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Like, I want to be like, God, if you're going to bless anybody, bless us. We're going to follow you. God, what do you want us to do? God, you gave us these people. You gave us this money. You gave us this city. God, use it. God, just bless it. God, just, we want to make a way. We want to make a way. That's what we're all about. And so we're going to ask you guys to do something a little crazy. Coming up on December 8th, we're doing a heart for the house with this every single year. Remember, we're pushing to have the largest offering we can ever have. Just say, I'm gonna bring my best to God. Not because we want it, because we're gonna bless the city. We wanna give back and bless people's lives. We've done something crazy. We're partnering with the Bellin School District, and we're not gonna just fix up one clothing closet or even two. We're fixing up three clothing closets in January in the Bellin School District because we're believing big what God is gonna do. Because it's not about us. It's not about us. God, just my heart is for you. Have you had this? Is my stuff? God, get on the boat. I want, I want Jesus on my boat. Come on, somebody. Like I want Jesus to bless every step of my life. Here's the right hook, and this is so crazy. Here's Peter. P Peter was the first disciple that Jesus called. If you know the story of Luke chapter five, Peter had no, or Jesus had no disciples. He had nobody. And Peter was the first person he picked. And he said, hey, Peter, can I have your boat? Can I borrow your boat? And P Peter had no idea that that boat was gonna lead into his whole life. Who know that the foundation, like, I'm going to build this rock on you, Peter. The church, I'm going to have you be sent out. You're going to preach on Pentecost. After I've been died and resurrected, you see my power. You're going to come back, and you're going to lead the church because you gave me your boat. Because you gave me your boat. But who knows you want Jesus to have your boat? I don't know about you. Anybody want Jesus to have your boat? Like, I don't want to live my life for myself. I'm going to be all about me. I don't want my story to be the end of my life. I want to be God's story. I want to be a steward of his resource. I want God to bless what I'm doing. I mean, this is crazy. The first thing that Jesus did was ask for his money. He asked for his career. Now, I can tell you my own story. When I was called by God to follow him, that was the very first thing he asked me to give up. It was my future. The, my, my future. I'm going to put that. Future. I mean, the short-sighted, narrow-minded thing I was selling out for. But he wanted to give me a God-sized dream. And I'll tell you something. It's addictive. 
He said, God, you have my boat. And you go, whoa, the fish. Okay, God. What was me, man? I'm a sinful person. I can't believe I thought it was about me. I can't believe I've been trying to live for all this money. I can't believe I've been stewarding all these resources you've given me because, God, this is all yours. God, I want to bless people with this. God, this isn't my life. This isn't my stuff. This isn't my church. This isn't my story. This isn't my song. It's not about me. It's all about you. It's going to honor you, God. And Peter had no idea. He said, can I have your boat? Can God have your boat? Can Jesus have your boat today? Father God, we come before you. God, I pray there'd be a, a church, God, that wants you on the boat. God, we want to give to you generously. God, we want to give back to you. God, we want to have a heart not for just our house, a heart for you, God, a heart for the kingdom. Get a heart to see people's lives changed. God, we have no idea what story you're writing in our life. God, you want to use us to make a way. God, help us never to forget what you want to do in our lives. God, help us to remember, God, that you are the source of all blessing. You have given us everything in our lives. God, this isn't ours to hold on to. We can't fall in love with you and money. God, we can't put one foot in the world and one foot with Jesus. We gotta be all in with you because you're gonna bless us and you're gonna bless people through us. And so God, we're gonna follow you. God, you're gonna use us to extend your mission and your kingdom. God, you're choosing to use anybody. God, I pray you'd use us to further your cause. Use us to rescue people. God, use us to bring hope. God, use our church. God, use my life. God, I pray today for somebody that's on the edge and says, I can't do it. Like I've been living for this stuff, all my security and all, all, my, all my identity is wrapped up in all this stuff. But today I'm just gonna say, Jesus, you can have my boat. I don't know about you this morning, maybe you're here and you're saying, you know what, I want Jesus to have my boat. Like I'm done living it my way. I want Jesus to do it his way. If that's you this morning, you want Jesus to have your boat, you just raise your hand high and say, Jesus, you can take my boat. I see your hands up all across the room. Maybe you'd be so bold to say this. Maybe say, you know what, Jesus, I don't want you just to have my boat. Jesus, I want you to have my life. God, I've been struggling. I've been doing my way, but God, I want you to have my life. God, I want to be like Peter. I want you to use me in every way possible. It's not just about my money. It's not about my stuff, but God, I've seen your blessing. God, I've seen what you can do through me. God, it's addictive because I want to be all about you. I want to make your name famous today. God, I want to surrender my life to you in all areas. I want to follow whatever plan you have in my life. Maybe that's you today. You say, I'm going to surrender all to Jesus. Like he's calling me to live him and be a disciple for him. If that's you this morning, you lift your hands high. He's calling me to follow him in everything. Mess your guys' hands. I'm going to pray for you. Father God, I thank you so much. God, for calling us. God, away from our stuff. To remind us, God, it's not ours. We're stewards. We're simply just managing God's stuff. God, have we forgotten? Help us never forget. God, never be confused on who owns everything. God, you own it all. God, you don't need this stuff. God, you, you just gave it to us to bless us and so we can bless other people. So God, I thank you for those who said, yes, I want to follow you. God, I want you to be in my boat. God, I want you to use my life. God, I pray that you just show up in such a powerful way. God, I just pray that you see your blessing. God, that I pray that they'd that know and experience in you today, that they would walk out of your chains forever by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, I feel that moment like Peter, we're like, whoa, is me. I've been doing it the wrong way. God, I don't know why I would have given you everything I had initially if I would have seen this, but I didn't see it, but you can have it today. So God, I pray if you use anybody, you're gonna use us today. And I pray this, just the powerful name of Jesus. Maybe this morning, you was continue to pray. You're, you say, you know what? I've been, I've been living for my stuff. I've been living for my stuff. And I realized Jesus, he wants more than just the stuff. Jesus wants my life. Like I've been doing it my way. I've been following my plan, my path. Maybe this morning you say, you know what? I need to surrender to God. Like I'm realizing there's more of this Bible than just it's a good book that's written 2,000 years ago. I need to surrender my life 
to him. I didn't know this Jesus. Who is Jesus? Man, Jesus is the son of God. He created everything. He's the owner of it all. But what's amazing is he wants a relationship with us. He spoke us, he spoke the world in existence, but he created us intimately. He formed us and breathed his breath into our lungs. He wants to walk with us. Our God's a personal God. He wants to know you today. The Bible says that anyone calls on him and Jesus will be saved. See, Jesus won that cross and he died and became sin for us, for all our wrongs, for all our dirt, for all the the use and abuse and all the pain, all the suffering in the past and the present and the future. Jesus died for in exchange for all his right. He wants us to know him today. Maybe this morning he walked in here and said, you know what? I didn't know, I didn't know about this Jesus, but today I want Jesus. I want to trust Jesus. I'm not here on accident. God has put me here on purpose. I want new life in Christ. I want to follow the creator of the universe. I want to walk with him today. If that's you, do you lift your hand side and say, yes, I want Jesus. And be like this morning, say, yes, I want Jesus. I want to know him. I want to follow him. If that's you, just pray this prayer. Say, Father God, thanks so much for sending Jesus to die on a cross with sin for me. God, I want to follow you. God, you can have my stuff. More importantly, you can have my life. I'm done living for this world. I want to live for you today. God, you can use my life however you see fit. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. I'm leaving my stuff at the shore. I'm just going to walk with you, Jesus, wherever you want me. And I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, can you give it up for God?